Welcome. It is the Boiler Basketball Show 1017 Hammer, 1017 Hammer.com. The 1017 Hammer mobile app works as well for you in your phone's app store. And of course, you just may be listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts as well. All right, get it all right there. I'm Jared Jessel. I just got Jeff Julik uh, across the console for me. We're spending the entire hour talking Boilermaker hoops with you here in what has felt like an absolutely gut wrenching long week. And that's going to happen, Jeff. When you lose a game in Mackey that you shouldn't have lost, and now you got to wait all week long for redemption, yeesh. And throw in the fact that it's uh, 20 below zero windshield factor. It's oh, been stop a, whining. It's been a lovely week. Stop so. whining. It was 45 <laughs> for Christmas or whatever the heck it was. You're Now you're complaining. Okay. Now it's <laughs> yeah. starting to feel a little bit more like Christmas, and you're all upset. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Yeah, certainly. You know, a very disappointing performance by the Boilermakers. Uh you know, the other night, and you know, it, it. I think the most concerning thing is, is that that Wisconsin looked like they wanted more than the Boilermakers did. And, Absolutely, and you know, and and those things are going to happen. I mean, obviously, Purdue has a huge advantage in the in the talent side versus Wisconsin, and yet uh, Wisconsin was getting to loose balls. They were getting the rebounds. They were getting the offensive putbacks. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Davis was uh, nearly impossible to stop. So, well. He's older than dirt. That's, you know, he's got plenty of experience. Might be the most hateable guy in the Big Ten since Aaron Craft. Might just be. He, you know, I tell you what, but yeah, you know, Brian. But he wanted it. You know, he wanted it. They're he out did. there and he they're did. turning in the effort. And that's the biggest complaint that you're hearing from Purdue fans this week. And that 74 to 69 losses, uh, it, it looked like Purdue wanted to strut in there and go, yeah, you know what? doesn't really matter. We're going to put up more points than you anyway. So go ahead and have that. But, uh, you know, Robbie brought it up during the broadcast. Matt Painter's worried there are going to be nights where the shots aren't falling and you have to rely on your defense, and this team is not capable of that right now. And I think it's a, it starts with everything. It starts with valuing that defense. You know, the, the whole defense lives here in time to play hard. Uh, those old mantras where Purdue always had kind of one of those guys, one of those dudes that was that shut-down kind of defender, maybe not put a point, you know, that no-gel Eastern kind of guy that's going to be able to limit your best player they don't have that at all right now. Uh, maybe they have a guy that's capable of doing that, but nobody's showing me they're capable of doing that right now. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, you know, over the years we've had Rayfell Davis and we've had Chris Kramer. We've had those players that can stop people and shut people down. And, you know, it's almost like the, the Music City Bowl. It just a tremendous amount of pressure who on the Who won that offense. game, by the way? I, I believe the Boilermakers did. Boilers did, did win that game you, because you I've heard differently. You might to see who won. But, I did, uh, <laughs> I'm in the 20% that doesn't believe the Music City Bowl game actually occurred in Nashville. I, 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 I don't know. I haven't seen enough evidence. But it, but anyway, you know, in, the, in that game, the Boilermaker offense had to score points because they knew the defense was having such a tough time shutting down Tennessee. And, and you get that with this basketball team, you know, they come down the court and they've got to. They've got to. They seem to want to pound the ball inside and and get that. In. And if if they miss a shot, I mean, it scares you because they just can't get stops on the other end right now. And so you know, when they're hot, they're a very dangerous team. You know, Matt talked yesterday about how they outscored Villanova and they outscored North Carolina. And if they had missed some shots, they probably would have lost one or both of those games. And you know, until this team buys into the defensive values and, and the value of taking care of the basketball and valuing every possession, you know, this is a, a scary team for the fans because you just don't know what you're going to get. You know, I I got on We didn't have a show last week, uh, but I got on you before the Christmas break, and I said that Nickel State game worried me a little bit. 
uh, because, you know, they had played Wisconsin pretty tough. And I said, you know, I feel like those guys can maybe put up some points and, and you got some problems. And then after the game, I texted you and you told me, what's the worry about? One by 14. So they gave up 90 to Nickel State. And I thought that set off some alarms. And sure enough, um, you know, it came to fruition against uh, Wisconsin uh, losing at home. I know you don't have the fans uh, or the, the student section in there, but you still have a sold out Mackey Arena. It's just, it's a little disappointing that performance. And I'll tell you what, watching a lot of Big Ten basketball this week, you know, Wisconsin last night again really looked like they wanted to win that game. Indiana last night really looked like they wanted to win a game in Assembly Hall. I mean, those guys came to play against a uh, a ranked Ohio State team. Penn State, who Purdue is going to play uh, on Saturday, they got that home win against IU. They wanted it more. They went out to Northwestern as a, what, a seven-point underdog and went and won that game by, what, four or five points or so. It's... This thing's going to get dicey. If you don't want to get down to brass tacks and start playing defense, this season is going to get dicey for the Purdue Boilermakers because some of these teams that we thought were going to be towards the bottom, like Rutgers, like Indiana, like Penn State, uh, Northwestern even, I mean, they're showing up here playing like they want to win basketball games. And if Purdue doesn't get with the program, they're going to find themselves in the middle of the conference. They're going to find themselves with like a, a six seed, seven seed in the Big Ten tournament and and be looking at playing themselves in. I know it's weird to say for a 12-2 and two team right now, but if you continue with the effort that we got um, on Monday against Wisconsin, that's the way it's going to be, Jeff. Well, you know, and the, the one common denominator in all those games you just mentioned is the physicality of the game. And, you know, I was just totally you know, taken back by when I watched the IU uh, high state game last night, how physical that game was. I mean, and that's what's happening right now. I mean, Purdue and, and Wisconsin was a very, very physical game. And, you know, you see Zach Eady goes up for a six foot jumper and he gets whacked on the wrist and it ends up two feet short of the basket and nothing's called. And so, you know, it's one of those things where they're not going to call every single foul and, and the Boilermakers just have to embrace that. And, and I think they were getting the calls in the non-conference part of their schedule because, you know, they're so dominating inside. And it's one of those – they've just got to realize that this is going to be a tough, tough league. And, you know, you, you go back to the fact that you still have seven, eight players who hadn't played in front of crowds this year because of the fact that during the COVID era. So, you know – it's going to take this team a little bit of time to embrace that. But, you know, Matt Painter has been preaching from day one that this team's got to be a better defensive team. And now they've got to they've got to listen to the coach because if they don't, you're absolutely right. They could get onto a losing streak with this brutal schedule coming up and, and drop below where they want to be because we all think they have enough talent and – and enough ability to win this win this uh, league, and they've dug themselves a hole, and now they've got to dig, dig out of that hole. They have to add that element to the guard position, specifically the guard position, because the perimeter is what's killing them right now, and that will absolutely do them in come March, because the tournament is guard-oriented. Always has been. Yeah, it yeah. always will be. Yep. Uh, it's great to have that size on the inside, and yeah, you're going to be able to lean on that in, in a couple instances, but... We know that, uh, look, it is not a dink that the best-performing Purdue team in the tournament in quite some time was led by Carson Edwards, right? Yep. In, in that and Ryan Klein. Yeah. So it, it's of no surprise to me if that's an early exit, if this is the way Purdue's going to continue to be. Now, I think we're being a little bit hard on them at this point, 
because we are disappointed in a home loss and because it has been all week and we haven't seen that chance to see them respond. And the last time we asked them to respond was the Rutgers loss, right, where they were kind of out physical there a little bit, and then they go take on a uh, underperforming NC State team, and you got, what, uh, three-fourths of a game where that effort was not there. And then, thankfully, the shots fell, and they were able to force overtime and get the win in OT. But it's not the response you're looking for. Everybody just a little bit on edge here, I think, this weekend going into uh, University Park. And, and Jared, I think they, they, they've got to get Jaden Ivey more shots. I mean, he can take over the game. You saw what he did the, the first few minutes of the second half against mm-hmm. Wisconsin. You know, they come down, and they're, they're unlike any team in the country. They pound the ball inside. But by pounding that ball inside, it slows down the, the, the game because they take some, it takes a while to get that ball inside. And, boy, I tell you what, Jaden Ivey can do so much, and – and when he's open, he's making his shots, and when he has the ability to drive to the basket, I mean, there's your guard play you're talking about. And, mm-hmm. and do you get to the point where maybe he's your point guard? And I know Matt said that he doesn't want to put him at point guard because then he's going to have to jam the opposing guard all the way up court. But, you know, maybe you can make some things where he maybe guards the two or the three and let somebody else guard the one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think as talented as Jaden is, you've got to get that young man some more shots because he can really do great things for this basketball team and give you that guard play that you're talking about. And another thing I'd like to see, too, is, you know, Trey Williams, we have baptized him as this elite passer right now, right? And he, look, tremendous at doing it. I don't want to take that part away from him. I would like to see him get a little bit more aggressive and think a little bit more about a shoot-first mentality at times, though, too. Because I feel like he gets that one-on-one type deal, and he's looking for maybe that back cut and that sweet, you know, looking pass every now and then. I think I want to see him get a little bit more aggressive and get after it in the post. Yeah, and speaking of Trey, you know, I think the number one thing this team could do is is just play uh, Trey and Edie together at the same time because – you know, I think if, uh, if they played those two guys together all the time, it would just be fantastic. Stop it. No. <laughs> no. I know you're joking, right? You're joking. I'm joking. I, I sure. heard okay. you share the other day. All right. Yeah, no, the other day. It's, well, there are people that are just commenting on, you know, how, how smart Matt Painter is. And then, but I would still play Trey and Zach together. Your problem is defending the perimeter. Let me tell Absolutely. you what's going to make things worse. Absolutely. What thing do you do to make things worse? Let's put slower guys on the court. That's exactly what you're doing there. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool offensively, but defensively, absolute nightmare. <laughs> no thank you. Okay, look, great show lined up for you today. Why don't you go ahead and uh, you hang tight. Stay right there. Uh, we're going to holler at our good friend Alan Karpik of goldandblack.com. Uh, he's going to be our guest next as we spend the entire hour talking Boilermaker Big Ten Hoops here on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Welcome back. The Boiler Basketball Show continues on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Also on your mobile devices with the 1017 The Hammer mobile app. Uh, let's bring in our friend Alan Karpik of goldandblack.com, a tremendous resource for you. If you are a Purdue fan, uh, everybody over there does such a great job. Everybody from Brian Newbert's covering all the recruiting and stuff to and Tom Deanhart, who's got football under wraps here. Alan uh, does great stuff over there as well. Uh, very much worth the price of the subscription, if you ask me, because, uh, well, I am a subscriber. Al, uh, it's been a couple of weeks here, and it seems like it's been the uh, longest week ever here. Purdue coming off that loss at home, and they got to wait all the way till Saturday to go and face their old friend Micah Shrewsbury in Penn State. These are the, these are the hard weeks, man, when you don't have that quick turnaround to uh, – 
to kind of alleviate what ailed you from uh, uh, that bad loss? I mean, it's hard to deal with. I feel like we're overreacting maybe just a little bit going into Saturday's game because we haven't watched Purdue basketball all week. <laughs> well, I, I do think that, you know, again, it's, it's, it is truly one of those deals, too, where uh, it's never as bad as it seems, never as good as it seems. Wisconsin took it to Purdue. Purdue's got some issues, and uh, they need to, the, the Boilermakers need to figure some things out. Uh, but you have to also give uh, Wisconsin credit, and they had a good win last night against Iowa. They're scoring. They're scoring uh, more than, than, you know, that second half was amazing in terms of what Wisconsin did. Purdue's got to focus on, on just getting better. And that's a simple, sounds simple right now. And, and it's not a popular feeling because, uh, you know, everybody thinks Purdue should be undefeated and ranked number one. I, and I, I get it. But uh, this is a team that uh, uh, has some work to do. And, and, and a lot of teams that have gone to the Final Four that have had uh, situations and uh, in the middle of January where you had to figure some things out because uh, Purdue is not a finished product. We now know that. So now you produce the, the storyline is going to be how Purdue moves forward. And that will start tomorrow at noon against, against Penn state, because this is a team that's dangerous, a team that's caused some problems against Purdue in the past. And, and a team that knows Purdue like the back of its hand, at least its head coach does. So all those things will make in at the noon start to, on a Saturday uh, it, it, all those things will, be, will may add up, meaning Purdue must pay attention to get out of the Bryce Jordan Center with a win. And Alan, how difficult it is for, for Matt to take on an assistant like Micah and what the job he did for Purdue. And, you know, obviously he knows the, the inner workings of Purdue basketball. And quite frankly, Penn State has changed quite a bit of things that they do compared to what Purdue did last year. So uh, how big a factor will that be in the game tomorrow? Oh, I think it's a factor without question. I mean, you, you get in a situation where um, they are, uh, you know, as Matt Painter said that in his uh, comments yesterday about getting ready for Penn State. That, you know, Purdue has changed a lot less than what Penn State has done. Penn State's doing some of the things that uh, Michael Shrewsbury brought to the table with running the offense at Purdue, but it will be different. And again, this is a team that's starting to play, you know, one, two games in a row. They hadn't played, you know, for three weeks uh, since they lost to Michigan State uh, due to COVID. So this is a team that uh, you just don't know what you're going to get for sure. I mean, you're going to get good effort. You know that. And they've caused some problems for Purdue in the past. Uh, John Harar is one of them that has. uh, uh, Seth Lundy, those are guys that are going to be challenges for Purdue. They're going to be motivated. And, uh, and, and again, Purdue still has a target on its back, and it's still right now, as of today, still ranked number three. So it's a big game for teams uh, when, when you come in. And, and this has been a new experience for the Boilermakers, having a target on its back at this level. And uh, have they dealt with it? Well, who knows? We'll find out in the next, by I would say by January 20th, we're going to know a lot more about this basketball team because there's a gauntlet of games headed to Purdue's way here in the next couple of weeks. Talking with Alan Karpik of goldenblack.com here on our Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, we know that Matt Painter, after a loss, usually likes to change up the starting lineup just a little bit. Uh, does he do that, you think, on Saturday, Al, and uh, where would the changes come from? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I suppose uh, that that's possible. He's not. Travion Williams did not have a great game against uh, against Wisconsin. I know they're trying to work on him to to, to be focusing on the defensive end, what they need uh, from him. 
but other than that, I, I'm not sure what I would see differently. I mean, anything that they would do would be pretty minor. And I and I kind of look at this team, guys, that uh, like everybody else seems to. This is a 10, 10 man rotation. You just got to have things. You know, you, you look better when you shoot the ball better. That first half against Wisconsin was just abysmal offensively for Purdue, and uh, you can't you can't do that and beat Big Ten teams. And we know this about Big Ten play. You know, it's not that Matt Painter is always easy to solve. It's becomes, but these teams know one another, and it shows up in the league. And and I, again, that's what makes winning on the road. Every win on the road in the Big Ten. I don't care if you rank third or you're you're ranked third from the bottom in the Big Ten. It's a big win to win on the road. And Ohio State found that out last night by getting getting run by Indiana. Uh, that that is just uh, the way of the world in the Big Ten. And Alan, are we getting enough touches through Jaden Ivey, running enough plays for him? I mean, he does such a – you've seen what he's able to do the start of the second half there against Wisconsin the other night. I mean, um, is he getting enough plays for him? Yeah, a question about Jaden Ivey. Uh, you know, I think this is a situation, too, that with Ivey that the Boilermakers, uh, you know, you can't – he's got to play under control. He's got to do the things from an offensive standpoint – uh, he needs to dominate. Now, how they do that, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I do know that uh, he's, a, he's a guy that needs to speed up the game. He tries to do that. He does that very well. I thought in the second half when Purdue got its, uh, got a run going, he was the reason why. But Jaden Ivey's got to learn to play, you know, got to play defensively the way Matt Painter wants him to, too. And that was a – he learned a hard lesson just to trying to deal with Johnny Davis and, and getting really – uh, uh, I don't. I don't want to use the term embarrassed because uh, Jaden Ivey is a very accomplished basketball player. But anytime a guy scores 37 points, they weren't all on Jaden Ivey. But uh, this is something that, that again, if Jaden is an elite basketball player, and he's going to have to play at that level uh, for Purdue to win. Now, that's a fair question about uh, the fact that uh, uh, you know what Purdue did for Carson Edwards a couple of years ago. You know, they're two different players, I get it, but you do need Jaden Ivey when it gets to tournament time to be able to take games over, and uh, how they do that will be an interesting storyline to watch. And they're going to need that uh, complimentary player to him, I think, more than ever, Alan. I mean, one of the one of the problems I think you had against Wisconsin, uh, there's that shot of Sasha saying, come on, I'm trying to get the crowd into it a little bit here. When Jaden Ivey's in the game, he is that spark plug that uh, gets those runouts, gets those big plays for Purdue, and, and gets some hype. Now, he suffered through that uh, foul trouble in the first, and I think that's one of the reasons why that team was rather flat. And you know, they don't have, or they need to have somebody else that can kind of get those fans up out of their seat and, and give this team a little bit of momentum because that, that's a complimentary piece. I don't feel like they have. Well, I think that was the point, too, certainly in the first half, because Ivy had to sit, and it was a non-student game, so the crowd was kind of quiet in the first place. Uh, they got it going in the second half. But the other thing is that, you know, the fan base thinks that, you know, Purdue's going to just walk in and beat people uh, just because the Boilermakers are ranked where they were. That just hasn't been the case, and it's been a struggle for Purdue, really dating back to the Rutgers game, you know, in terms of how Purdue has played. Uh, and and that, that that doesn't mean that Purdue's played poorly in every game. Obviously, the Butler game was a good one, and uh, it's just that this is the nature of, of being a, an elite program and also the nature of college basketball. It's going to be tight games. Nothing's going to be easy, and when you look at going to Penn State, Illinois, Michigan, and Indiana over the next 13 days or so, uh, that's pretty daunting 
And yet uh, this team, if it wants to be an elite-level team, and it does, uh, and it wants to be a team that can make the Final Four, and it does, it's going to have to prove that it can, uh, it can do that in a very, at a very high level. Alan, on the roster, current roster, who do you think has the potential to be that defensive stopper that, that we're missing, the, the Chris Kramer, the Rafael Davis-type player? Yeah, I don't know if they have one, Jeff. I, I just not sure it's going to look the same way that it has. I mean, Eric Hunter is probably your, one of your best ball on defenders. He's not physically uh, a guy that's just going to, you know, you need a wing wing defender. And and I'm you know with I'm just not sure who that's going to be. Now that doesn't mean that uh, all is lost defensively. I think Purdue's got to be better defensively in the post. Uh, they've got to, you know, it might be Mason Gillis if I had to answer a question of a guy that uh, they can physically do it. But I just think it has to change. The whole mentality has to change. Uh, and, it, and it's a tweak more than a wholesale change. It's just got to be an effort level. This is a great group of guys. Uh, I think everybody talks about the, the team that, that uh, plays well together. But it's a team that's not, a, you know, you hear the coaches talk about communicating and all the things that uh, on defense – that's the, the things they need to do. It's that extra level of detail, the extra level of, of attention that it takes to be a good defensive team. And, and no, I don't see a Chris Kramer or a Ray Davis out there for Purdue right now, but that doesn't mean that Purdue can't become a pretty good defensive team. Uh, and I think that's going to be a storyline that will absolutely positively tell the tale of whether Purdue can get through the first two weekends of the NCAA tournament. So, Al, basically what you're saying here is, fans, you should stop looking for that one player to step up, and if you can get the uh, you know, the, the, the unit, just uh, everybody play like 10% better type deal, that you know this is probably a good offensive team where that does it. They're not, stop focusing on trying to shut somebody down and just everybody kind of all around be a bit better, and that, that can solve the problem? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it here. Offensively, this is a team that, that you know, Purdue is – more skilled offensively probably than any team that all of us have ever watched. And, and so just because you do that and you're maybe not quite as good at defense is defensively, but they need to be good enough. And that is a, uh, that is a, uh, and, and, and that is a key factor as Purdue looks at the rest of the season. Um, I don't think they're ever going to be uh, as good as those, as again, those two individuals, we keep mentioning with Rayfield Davis and, and Chris Kramer, uh, but they can be uh, good enough to be to to be able to impose their will defensively on folks and do that enough so that when they have a game and they're going to have one if you play six games in the NCAA tournament and you try to get to the Final Four or the national championship game you're going to have one or two games where you don't shoot well that's the old storyline you have to be able to find a way to play through that and you do that through defense. Alan Carpick of GoldenBlack.com again the website is absolutely tremendous and. You know, still lots of stuff going on with football guys in the portal, and of course, looking for a, uh, a another co-defensive coordinator at one point here. What will Jeff Brom do? Tom's all over that stuff, and of course, and Brian continues to go and uh, watch these uh, incoming Purdue freshmen uh, play their senior years of basketball. The great videos and stuff. You'll love the website; it's great. Alan, it's always a pleasure to talk hoops with you, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of the show. All right, thanks, Al. Hang tight. We're going to come back, and we've got more Boiler Basketball Show next. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back. Boiler Basketball Show continues on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalice. you got Jeff Julik right over there. And back on our Hammerhead Hotline, we go Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, which 
as we were discussing off air, uh, tends to get elevated when you mention the Music City Bowl. Which, <laughs> by the way, who won that game? Did Jeff, do you remember who won that uh, game? I think Paul said the Tennessee did, but, but I, I really think the Boilers did. I don't think the game happened, actually. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that the game actually took place. Uh, Nate, Nate was actually there, uh, and I know, Nate, you definitely enjoyed uh, that game, didn't you? Uh, I thoroughly did, and uh, I, I uh, have no doubt in my mind, having sat, Car- you know, Carm and, and Sam King and I were all on the same end of the press box, and uh, you can argue whether he should have blown his whistle or not, but that guy's forward progress was clearly stopped, and uh, Paul Feinbaum can like it or not like it, but that's the way it is. And the other piece of it is, the, uh, as you guys, I told you off air, it's ridiculous to say well, what he and others have said, that, oh, Tennessee would have won because Purdue would have had a chance to get a touchdown to tie it up, go into another overtime. So utter ridiculousness from the uh, SEC standpoint, and uh, I guess we shouldn't be shocked by that. But uh, I, I think uh, 70 thousand and the probably 10,000 Purdue and 60,000 Vol fans that bright orange they never expected to walk out of there and into the Nashville night with the the Boilermakers coming out on top and I'm sure it was quite a blow to their ego because you know they think with Josh Heupel they're gonna be back rolling again the way that they were in the old days well it's like the old Monty Python skit nobody expected the Purdue Boilermakers <laughs> uh, they called it way back then Nate let's let's talk some hoops though with you uh, we were just mentioning with Allen, what a long week it's been because you lose that game on Monday, a game you feel like you should have won as a Purdue fan. Um, you know, Wisconsin comes in, just looks like they want it more, and uh, they get the W. You're probably not happy as a Purdue fan with the effort that you saw specifically defensively. And now you got to wait all the way till Saturday, and then you're going to go into a, uh, a Penn State Bryce Jordan Center. Uh, you know, Micah Shrewsbury, intimate knowledge of uh, what this team is and, and what they can do. It's kind of a scary place to be. It's a little bit of a frustrating place to be as well going into Saturday. Uh, I agree with that. Um, uh, there's several layers there. I, I want to throw in a quick plug for uh, our buddies at Golden Black uh, with Brian Newbert, especially in his rap videos. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to Golden Black. Oh, I didn't know rock. he could rap. I didn't either. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was more rock and roll. He raps all right. Uh, but Brian, I always watch Brian's rap videos, win or lose, because they help me get my thoughts in order and contextualize. He has a great way of saying what I think a lot of the fan base is thinking, and he has a great way of adding a few things you haven't thought of because he follows it so closely. Now, pulling away from that game, Brian brought some things to the forefront that, that I think especially lifelong you know, Purdue fans uh, have to consider, which is that you know we're used to that. Gene Cady, Matt Painter, Rafael Davis, uh, you know, Chris Kramer, back to Brian Cardinal, you know, lockdown type defender scenarios uh, of all those eras going back well through Gene, that Gene's teams are built on defense. For us to have a Purdue program where it is now with such great uh, scoring uh, ability and, and such, you know, great scores all around, it's a little bit different scenario in that it. And Newbert brought up that it has been some time now, really, when you think about it, since Purdue has been a, a really, really locked down defensive team. So uh, that may not be the case here where it's the greatest Purdue defensive team of all time, and that's not going to likely happen. But can they get better, and can they learn from it, and can they improve as the season goes on? I think, guys, watching Big Ten Network the last few nights, the reality is that's going to have to happen. 
You're one and two in the league now. Uh, watching some of what's taking place across this league, some teams that are better than I think any of us thought. Uh, it's going to be a, a tough, brutal league. It always is. And, and somehow you think, because Purdue had so much early season success, fellas, that it was going to be a, a more of a breeze, a 16-2 and two type league performance. I know I, I was there mentally. And uh, that's not going to be the case. It's going to be rough tumble grind in the Big Ten like usual, which takes you into this weekend. A guy that knows what you run, knows your personnel very well, and Micah Shrewsbury, they're hungry to prove a point. He's hungry as a first-year coach, gets a good win on the road against Northwestern the other night, gets a good win at home against IU. And uh, let's face it, the Nittany Lions are off to a nice start for his first season there uh, in the State College. So, a real challenge for Purdue. Very important game this weekend for Purdue. They're all big, but because of where Purdue's at. Uh, and I think, guys, I'll, I'll leave you uh, back over to you with this comment. A- am I fair to say that really there's there's some – going back to the Rutgers week, I mean, go back there and even the Iowa game before that, there's a trail there of, of things that are getting exposed. In other words, there's there's enough film on Purdue – that a good coach is finding some things to attack Purdue on. Well, Nate, I think that's a very good point. And, and, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. I mean, by all accounts, this is a great group of guys. And, you know, we we know they get along. They're very talented. Obviously one of the most talented team that this group has ever had. But to quote the great Patches O'Toole, is it time for this team to get angry? Because they don't seem to play, you know, angry when they have to, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Well, that's that's probably right, Jeff. Uh, I think Travion does sometimes uh, show a little more of that. Uh, but you're right; they seem like a good group of guys. But uh, but it, you're going to have to get angry to beat Wisconsin, and and you're going to have to get angry sometimes to you know keep an Iowa at bay, and you're going to have to get tough on the road when you're at Minnesota, and, and uh, tough on the road anywhere in this league. But I think the other piece, guys, is they get all the way to number one, they hang out at number three for several weeks. And uh, are we also experiencing a situation where they're not used to that kind of bullseye being on their back? And uh, teams are going to bring their best game. And there are programs that, uh, you know, there are a few that, that are used to that every single night. And this league's tough. But, you know, there's a, there's a maturity process, I'm sure, going on for these guys to go, listen, you know, you've, got, you've read all the hype. They can't avoid Twitter. Uh, they've seen all the hype about themselves. But uh, polls and articles uh, are not going to get you to the Final Four, are not going to get you to the Big Ten title and a Big Ten tournament title in the Final Four and perhaps a competing for a national championship. It's going to be rough, tumble, grind, uh, use your talent, but you know, double down on what you're doing defensively. And uh, I, I think... Uh, you know, Michigan State's really coming on. And so you go, here we go again. You know, the Big Ten's going to be what it's going to be. And, and I think that's a good point, Jeff, that you've been punched in the mouth now. And uh, you've seen what it's going to be like for you on the road and uh, what it can be like for you at home. And Mackey's got to be your greatest home court advantage. You'll have the students back. But, but you can't lose that game even if the students are gone. And so you've got to – it's like – what. You know, like last season, nobody's there. Can you generate the juice when when the fans are quiet and when they're not into the game yet because of how you played? Can you generate the juice? And that's going to be the question. 
Who the heck is Patches O'Toole, Jeff? Where did you get Pat? Who Dodge is that? Ball, the man. It's time to get angry. That's Patches O'Houlihan. Oh, yeah, sorry, Patches, Patches O'Houlihan. Excuse me. Like, yep. who the heck is- I'm like, I know I'm the young guy here, but like, what <laughs> 1930s guy are you quoting right now? We're, we're not- I, I was trying to think for half of that response. Who the heck is Patches O'Houlihan? <laughs> Patches, he's about I can always about count Patches on Jared. <laughs> for- Jared is such a wealth of knowledge that he always has the yeah. correct answer. <laughs> Nate, and I hear what you're saying, Nate. And I kind of brought that up. Can you can you get another guy outside Jaden Ivey that can kind of be a spark plug for you? But that's the offensive side. Uh, I just I don't feel like this team in the past when we bring up guys like Rafael Davis, Chris Kramer, and you think about I always think about that uh, intro video, the Whose House, Our House video, and there's always. Um, at least one great. There's a, a stop on the on the defensive side of five seconds, a shot clock violation, and you see guys going crazy over getting a shot clock violation. Do you think anybody on that team right now is going to get that excited over a shot clock, forcing a shot clock violation? Because I, I don't think so. I think the problem is it's not just an effort thing. It's I don't think they value what they should be doing defensively, or at least what traditionally this program has value doing defensively. Well, uh, I mean. That's a fair criticism at this moment. And the other piece that I think Painter's harped on publicly and that Newbert I know has covered is that uh, they're, they're, not, they're not valuing possessions. And they're a little too casual at, for my taste at times, uh, which Wisconsin exposed. I mean, Wisconsin had a hand in those passing lanes all night, and they were tight, and they were up tight against them and uh there's a few passes that are a little cute for for my taste and so uh it's just valuing possessions being efficient and uh, you keep hearing those themes and uh but we can talk it to pieces but uh that takes a mentality shift takes you know reviewing you know more film and looking at yourself honestly and I'm sure that's what Matt's doing with them, and, and he does it, and we've seen him do it over the years of getting a team to play. He's going to be honest with these guys. On This is a bad shot. Why did you take this shot? That's an out-of-rhythm jumper. Uh, we've got guys open, and you're jacking up a shot there, and that's, that's not what we want to do. And then what often happens when you take an out-of-rhythm shot is you miss it, and then you cause a transition bucket the other way. And so if you're not going to hustle back, and, and the other piece is when you're not hitting, which some nights a team like Purdue is not going to be hitting, are you, to your point, Jared, are you making it up with taking charges? Are you making it up with you know, rebounding? Are you making it up at the free throw line? The other night Purdue was beaten oh, in yeah. field, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and turnovers at home. Okay, well, that's the recipe in this league to get beat. Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, noted uh, movie Dodgeball uh, fan, as well as a huge fan of your Music City Bowl champions, uh, the (laughs) Purdue Boilermakers, not the Tennessee Volunteers. Nate Barrett, everybody. Nate, it's always a pleasure talking sports with you. A little bit of pop culture in there, too. Always makes for a great segment. But uh, enjoy your weekend, and uh, let's hope we can talk again next week, and uh, we got a couple of W's on the board.
Thanks for having me, guys. Until you call me next week, I'll be uh, pumping iron over at Average Joe's Gym. <laughs> take care, buddy. See you, bye. <laughs> All right. So we'll take our final break here. We'll come back, take a look at the Big Ten as a whole, and see what the outlook looks like this week. Uh, when we come back, this is the Boiler Basketball Show with 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. We're back. The Boiler Basketball Show is on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Jared Jessalitis and Jeff Julek, big thank you to everybody for tuning in. It's an hour of nothing but Boilermaker basketball talk. And, of course, if uh, you, know, you, you replay this, you can always do that on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook in case you missed the show. Uh, you can, uh, you know, if you're pumping iron over to Average Joe's Gymnasium, <laughs> pop us in there. You can take a listen to it, and uh, we're great for the treadmill. All right, uh, Jeff, this is the time on the show we'd like to uh, take a look at the Big Ten as a whole and see what the upcoming schedule has for us. Uh, lots of treats coming up here, so let's get down to brass tacks. Michigan State at the top of the league, 4-0. and What did I look? You wanted to bury Michigan State early on in the year, and I told you they always round into form, don't they? Oh, they absolutely do, and and they've actually rounded form a little sooner than we usually anticipate from a a, a Izzo team. So, then you got Illinois, who just looks fantastic. You know, they honored uh, Desumu last night, right? This is my biggest pet peeve for former players. Okay, and maybe I'm just old school. Maybe I'm, I'm I'm just yelling at a cloud. I don't know, but. When you come back and you're going to get one of those prime spots, if you're coming back to watch your team, would it kill you to put on like a shirt, a hat, or something to support the team? I they, agree. They I were totally retiring his number assessment. last night. And he's yes. got the Givenchy on, and I'm like, would it kill you to put a little dab of orange? On? Just uh, maybe the shoes. How about that? Give, give, give me a little orange in the shoes. No, it's we like you're too cool that. to support your school. Demar Derozan I mean, shows up to do that. I'm like, come on, you guys are too good. Like, I know we we're fans. We put on jerseys and stuff like that all the time. You guys get it's not like you can't afford it. Heck, they'll give you a free hat. <laughs> oh my goodness. This. Great I point. Think, Great and, point. And, and he's not the only one. I see plenty it's of former players that do that. Yep. And I'm like, you go back to your alma mater, maybe put something on. Yep, I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, Wisconsin at three and one. Big win for them last night. I thought Ohio State falls to three and one after the loss at uh, Indiana. You got Rutgers at two and one. Then Indiana sits at two and two. Penn State sits at two and two. Purdue at one and two, Minnesota at Northwestern, Michigan all at one and two. Are you ready to start shoveling dirt onto the grave of Michigan? Are you ready for this? I tell you what, uh, I've got that shovel awful handy because boy, they look really bad right now, and uh, you know, and I think their issue is is possibly some of their grad transfers that have come in. I mean, they uh, they just don't have the chemistry that they uh, they've had in past years, and it has has the honeymoon ended there? I mean, he, you know, he obviously Howard was living off some of the recruits that that he had from the previous uh, uh, team. And, and you know, right now this team does not look like a, a great Michigan team that we've seen in the past. I'll tell you what, Michigan, going for the soul stone that was uh, beating Ohio State and getting college football playoff, what did it cost them? Michigan basketball, basketball team. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Iowa, who I think is just Purdue light. Like, you know, it's another team that can score, doesn't want to play defense. Jordan Bohannon, hey, congratulations. You played more college basketball games than anybody in history. Uh, and uh, you're playing like it now. And then Maryland and Nebraska, the only winless teams uh, in the uh, in the Big Ten here. All right, let's take a look at the schedule. No Big Ten games tonight, but tomorrow noon, buddy, you're going to have to get out early or get up early to watch uh, Purdue at Penn State, Bryce Jordan Center 
as we've noted here, I am a little bit scared about this one because Penn State's coming off a couple of good wins here. Purdue, Micah Shrewsbury knows this team. I'm a little bit nervous about this one. Mark it down. Boilers by 12 tomorrow. Wow. Uh, If you gave me 12 points uh, for (laughs) Penn State, I would take it. Hey, the the Boilers are going to roll tomorrow. uh, That uh, that street's a two-way street. Uh, Obviously, Coach Painter knows how Micah operates as well. So uh, I look forward to the Boilermakers to bounce back in a big way and get a big victory. I might buy you another zero bar if that's the case. All right. Nebraska at Rutgers at two is the thing that's happening. Good luck with that. And then uh, Michigan State at Michigan, 2.30 on Saturday on Fox. Uh, should be an interesting matchup. I mean, if Michigan's going to make a stand, this is where they got to make a stand. You talk about a must-win, it's definitely for Michigan because, you know, that that's there's been some fantastic games in that rivalry, and obviously that's why uh, Fox wanted to cover that game. But but I tell you what, uh, if Michigan gets blown out by Michigan State at home, uh, it's not going to be a good time for Michigan basketball. Sunday, if you uh, don't want to watch the last week of regular season NFL football, you got Minnesota at Indiana at noon. you got Northwestern at Ohio State. Wisconsin will head to Maryland. And, uh, of course, Ohio State needs that rebound. I think they'll be able to do that home against Northwestern. Indiana at Minnesota is uh, interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess i got to take Indiana in that one. Minnesota, the barn's been pretty tough, but I don't know if I'm sold on them yet. Well, I tell you what, I was impressed with IU last night. They did a wonderful job of forcing Ohio State's offense out. They uh, wanted it. And, you know, great job by Davis. And their their issue's been consistency. So how do they back up that top, you know, 13 victory over Ohio State well, with uh, with a game against Minnesota, which a game they should win, but how do they play? Very tight game until they went on that, what, like 12-0 run there late in the fourth, and then that's what uh, did Ohio State. I mean, they, it, it was neck and neck the entire way. Nothing on Monday, but Tuesday back at it with Rutgers at Penn State, Illinois at Nebraska, and then Purdue's going to have to go up to Michigan, 9 p.m. up in the Chrysler Center. I don't like the late start, but you just hope that Michigan is not feeling themselves after the Michigan State game. Yeah, I mean, obviously that game's going to have a huge impact on how they come out against the Boilermakers because, you know, if they lose to Michigan State at home, uh, uh, that's going to be a game they need to win. You go on to Wednesday, Minnesota is at Michigan State. Again, continue to figure out what Minnesota is. Maryland is at Northwestern. Uh, that doesn't exactly move the needle for you, does it? Yeah, and a bar- bizarre schedule because, you know, Minnesota and Michigan State's right played once. So yeah, now they're playing their second uh, second game of the season already. Then you can get around to next Thursday where uh, a great matchup with Ohio State at Wisconsin, Indiana at Iowa. Um, look, Here's the deal. Indiana's like 0 and 4 on the over under in Big Ten play so far. I'm interested to see how this one's going to play out. Can can Indiana's defense go out there and translate? This should be of great interest, I think, to Purdue fans here because I think Iowa likes to play a similar style to Purdue. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they match up with the Hoosiers. Well, I will say one thing: Indiana's had a uh, a great history of playing well at Iowa. You know, they they won a big. Game. They had a horrible season last year, but they had like a 20 point victory. Uh, at Iowa last year. So, so yeah, so that'll be a big game. And then, uh, you know, High State, Wisconsin, uh, the Buckeyes are looking to rebound. And, and how good is this Wisconsin team? And, you know, are they legitimate Big Ten contenders? And maybe they are. All those questions uh, will be revealed. That will be uh, Thursday night's game. And then, of course, uh, we're going to be back again with uh, Friday action. I, uh, Purdue playing on a Friday. You don't get that too often, do you? I know we got the Huskers, so uh, that'll be nice to see and, and get this team home in front of uh, some students. And so, uh, you know, it makes such a big, big difference when the uh, paint crew's in full force at Mackey. And, 
You know, we we just need to relax with this team because I, this is All a very right. good basketball team. They just they, obviously they have issues, but they know what the issues are, and I would rather know the issues uh, come January as opposed to March. All right, that's going to do it for our Boiler Basketball Show. Big thank you for listening. We'll be back again next Friday, 4 p.m., talking Boiler Hoops here on the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer.